0: Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe.
1: What's up, Gym Lords? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. It is your host, Jenna. I am here with Chris and Robert Gill out of Midlothian, Texas with CrossFit Midlothian. How are you guys doing today? Doing Great. Good. Good. Good, good. Well, first of all, I wanna say thank you to, get to you guys for volunteering this tribute, coming on here and kind of sharing you know, your story. I think it's it's super, it's a humble thing for a gym owner to do to come on and be like, hey, this is what's worked, what hasn't here. Like, let me help the next person that's gonna be in my shoes. So I wanna say thank you for you guys for for joining me today.
2: Absolutely, thank you.
1: Awesome, yes. awesome. All right, so let's do this. Um, my, my first question to you guys is let's lay out the scene, paint the picture, of what kind of got you into the fitness industry and led you to now being, you know, new gym owners?
3: Okay. So um, fitness has always kind of been a part of our lifestyle. Um, we, uh, back into, uh, let's see, uh, 2019, um, I, I had some illness. And um, four months later, my father became ill. Um, he ended up passing away and leaving me, um, leaving me some money. So we decided to do, uh, do what any couple with four kids should do: is that uh, buy a house because we had not, we didn't have our own house yet. So we bought a house and um, moved down to Mansfield, is which is where we, um, where we live, and uh, just decided to. Um, really hit hard into our fitness and uh, make some personal um, goals for ourselves. Um, Robert is law enforcement. Um, I used to work at Medical City of Denton um, in the ICU and the trauma center. So um, I ended up leaving my job and staying home with our kiddos. Um, Started to get really bored. So I really poured into CrossFit um, and fell in love with it. And then 20. 21 came. No. Yeah. 2021 came. And, um, I have a Christian journal that I get every year. Um, it's a, it's a planner. It plans out my whole year. Um, it has a, uh, like a goal and a vision board and it gives yeah. you a, a one-year plan, a five-year plan, a 10-year plan. And so in my five-year plan, I had decided to, um, put that I wanted to open a gym. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so that was on, uh, January 4th, 2021. And, um, we kind of were not settling right with where I had invested my money and, um, and had lost a significant amount of money in the stock market and decided I didn't want it there anymore. So
2: Mm -hmm. let's go ahead and
3: pull it out and put it to use, um, and build a future for ourselves. And so that's kind of where, um, the vision of a five-year plan became a four-month plan, and uh, we decided to go all in. Um, April, we really started to pray about it. May 1st, we uh, found the facility that we are in, and um, and went headstrong and went there. Like, we just put it all in, and, yep. and so that's kind of how how CrossFit Midlothian came to life. Yeah, I love that for sure, because it was scary. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love that, because I think you know and I say
1: this a lot on the podcast first of all kudos to you guys because sometimes you know the five-year plan turns to 10 10 turns to 20 and people don't ever do anything that they they really like they really wanted to do in life and it's unfortunate so I want to say even though it wasn't probably um, the most ideal time or it was nerve-wracking you know it should be the changes that's what change is about it's not comfortable um, and then like you guys are here now and it's open and a a lot sooner than you had put into your into your vision board right so kudos you guys for pulling the trigger on that and knowing that you wanted to do something and going and doing it because is even though it seems like a simple process like you're in control of your own life and you can go do whatever you want people don't um so you know congrats to you guys on having a new facility five months five months standing now which is pretty cool Mm -hmm. um Absolutely. So, um, now that we kind of understand, you know, the, the vision, the journey of what's led you guys to, to where you are right now, um, and being open for five months, walk us through the business model, a day in the life, you know, what do you offer just so the listeners can get a full understanding of what it's like to be a member at your facility.
2: Okay. Um, well, being a member here, so, um, First off, we were, like I said, we were very scared at doing this, right? Mm-hmm. We didn't know when we opened the doors if people were even going to show up. Well, luckily, when we did open the doors, people did show up. Right. Our main goal at that point is kind of, we run a CrossFit gym. Method, the Part of the methodology of CrossFit is the athlete, the member. We want to be engaged with the member. Uh, we care about the member it's not about getting people in here and making money it's about getting people in here and making them healthy right we get them healthy and when we want to keep them there mm-hmm. right so from <clears throat> from the first day the door is open that's our way of thinking right out right out of the gate so we had a we had a whole week where we did free a whole week free people can come in for free try us out meet us check the place out go through a workout, all that. And right out the gate, we wanted people to understand we are here for you. We're here for the community. We placed here because there wasn't many options here. Mm -hmm. And so we wanted to be one of those options where you come in and know that someone's going to hold you accountable. Someone's going to motivate you. Someone's going to give you knowledge to take out on the street. Someone's going to teach you something in here that's going to be useful out there. And that was our main goal. Mm -hmm. And so once we set forth on that, our goals started getting hit. I mean, we, we were, we were going beyond our goals, uh, but right now, I mean, the amount of members we have, uh, it, um, it's actually progressed higher than what we expected. And I truly believe the reason is, is our way of thinking is about the member. Mm -hmm. Um, did that answer your question?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And we'll touch into kind of the the members here in a moment, because I definitely want to highlight that for you guys. Um, But something that, you know, I think, especially as new business owners now, because you're no longer just, you know, the casual CrossFit goer or the gym goer or the athlete, you're now business owners. So something that, you know, I Mm -hmm. always like to tell people, you know, I think it's huge to you know there's always a limiting belief when it comes to opening a new business and especially you guys are super passionate like it's very easy to see that blowing Mm -hmm. through you and i think sometimes there's this like guilt of oh if i focus on growing in a monetary way then it's i mean it means i'm not passionate anymore which i always try to tell people hey totally not the case because from a business standpoint it's like if you're able to grow In a monetary way, and and, you know, profit more. Then, what are you able to do? You're able to put more back into the facility, which ultimately brings more value to your members. So, I try to always, you know, kind of position or I guess move people's thoughts around in that sense of that it doesn't mean that you're all about the money. It's ultimately money is how you can provide more to your members, which keeps them around. So, that's something that my little my little two cents I want to give you guys in this new journey is that you know it's your your business owners now and business owners make more money to provide more value so that's something i wanted to say but as far as um for sure so um as far as your like your membership goal i want to talk about that so tell the listeners where you're at right now how many current members you have
2: so right now we're currently at 37 members
1: nice okay 37 and then let's touch on the goal um where are you guys wanting to go with memberships you know the, the whole the whole nine
2: Uh, right now, I was always told when you set a goal, make sure it's an (laughs) achievable goal. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can have a long-term goal, but, uh, go in steps, set small goals. And right right now my small goal is to double that number. For sure. Um, and I see that possible. I could even see that possibly happen within the first year of being open, Um, uh, uh, the way, the way that we've been having members come in and sign up, I mean, it, if if it stays that way, we can definitely be doubled within a year of being open.
1: Oh, and and I see that, um, you know, if I get to kind of tune into different gym owners, you know, lives and their business. And let me just say, that's very obtainable. I think you guys at five months getting to 37 is very impressive, you know, and especially and correct me if I'm wrong. Are you guys just doing word of mouth right now? Like no paid advertising? Correct.
2: So correct. we don't, you're right. We're not doing paid advertising. We're using all the free advertising we can. Which right? you
1: should, which I always tell, you know, I always say in, in the beginning stages, um, that's usually the smart thing to do is like cap out on, you know, with word of mouth and referrals and things like that. Um, But of course there's going to be a time where paid advertising has to be you know, like and people are gonna know what I'm gonna say on the podcast because I say it all the time, is word of mouth is uncontrollable, unfortunately. It's like you would hope that your members go out and they and they tell everyone at church in the grocery store and you hope they would go and be like, oh my gosh, guys, my CrossFit gym, but we don't know that, right? So um one, if they do, having a way to track that is huge. Having a referral system, knowing who's told what to who and who signed up from that is huge. But it's also, you can never speed that flow up or slow it down. It's just, it it's its own entity. It just kind of does its own thing. So, um, so you guys have grown all organically, you know, in the last five months, right? So 37 people is all from word of mouth.
3: Right. And actually, um, just to kind of say like how you were saying, like, you don't know how they, how they hear about us. Um, we, we actually have some amazing members. Um, we have like cards that we, that we got that I did print out. Um, we have members that go and they walk around their neighborhood and put them on doors um, I love that. because they, they are so in love with what they are getting here. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the goals that they have met, I may get emotional. Sorry. That's okay. Uh, You're allowed to, because I mean, and I'm just thinking of like three of our specific um members that came in here and they're like I have a goal and I want to meet it and I want to exceed it and I want to be better and within a week of just being here um the support that they that they have felt I mean the things that they write about us on our google or you know tell people and then people come in um they 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 truly get what they're what they're wanting from here and that is um and that warms my heart because that is my biggest um thing is I like to serve. Um, I am a huge person on serving other people, um, not because we're a military and law enforcement background, but um I'm medical. And so i, I that's that's part of my nature, I guess, is you are right. but but that's what brought me into the medical field is I love to help people feel better about themselves and mm-hmm. to listen to our members say those things and um, get to their goals is just absolutely amazing and yeah. so our our members are pretty good about the going offer. out there and spreading the word because they they have they are they are the face of of our business yeah and you know that's that's such a good point
1: and especially in the beginning phases you're gonna have that your members that become your ogs like they're yeah. your People that have been there since days. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, I think, yeah, that's that's huge. And that's like the building block of a new business are those OG members and clients and the people that go write those great reviews and they're willing to go door to door to places for you. And that's huge. And I think that um something that's that's really neat about you guys, and this is obviously no shade to anyone in the CrossFit world, but I notice what can happen sometimes. <clears throat> With people that are in the CrossFit world longer, is you notice CrossFitters are very obsessive over PRs, RXing workouts, you know, doing all of these things, but they somehow are like they they kind of lack that obsession over PRs and tracking with their business, um, with like knowing you know this is how many new faces we saw this month, this is how many people were converted into new consistent paying members, this is how many people came off of a referral. Um, things like that so I think it's important that you know who's doing what right now and if you continue to do that and you're like I always say data is dope like if you know your data in the business then it takes you from being a a I almost like a personal trainer that that has a gym to like a business owner which is huge you know game changer you know what I mean so um yeah for sure I think that's awesome and uh I think I could tell when I talked to you on the phone, Chris, that you're very uh, like you love what you do. And I was looking forward to this episode like the whole weekend because I was like, I know Chris is just like she loves this. And I love when people come on and they're like just so passionate about what they do. So I think that's awesome. Um, Yeah, absolutely. So. Um, Robert, so we're at 37 current members. Your goal is like, okay, let's double this thing. Let's grow. Like the more we grow, the more people that you can help and get them to where they want to go. So I guess my next question to you guys is, um, when do we think that we'll we'll start to dabble in any sort of paid advertising to speed up that flow of people?
2: Mm. It's a good question. So right now... even though we're hitting our goals, getting over <clears throat> revenue, revenue is still an issue. So, so, so right now we're still building our revenue just to make sure our bills are paid. Yeah, so it, totally. As far mm-hmm. as financially, that's our goal. We want to make sure yeah. that we're settled on our bills. We're not having to figure out where or pull out of our personal finances to pay our electric yeah. bill or pay our, our Wi-Fi or anything like that. So we're making sure we're nice and settled Mm -hmm. there. And then as we start growing past that, that's when we can start putting extra money into this extra money into that or, or put some away or.
1: No. And, and I totally get that. And I think, especially with paid advertising, you know, and being newer in the fitness industry and, you know, uh, usually it can take up to the first six months plus to be able to just kind of like um, be able to fully like break even, even. Right. So um, I think the biggest thing when it comes to paid advertising, when, when that, when you do take that leap to do it is to one, you know, more than likely, probably not try to do it yourself. I see that happen a lot, and it's like you take your money and flush it down the toilet. Um, mm-hmm. But make sure your return on your investment makes sense. Like if 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 not, then you shouldn't even be doing it. If you're not putting a hundred dollars in and getting three hundred back, then you probably sh- it's probably not worth your time. You're not going to grow, and, and you're losing money. So your thought process makes total sense. Um, so. Yeah, that makes that makes total sense to me. It's actually
2: so, a system we want to use and we're you know we're planning on upgrading to use this system. It's part of a system we're already using. Yeah. There's a upgrade to where they get more involved and help us a lot with the advertising and marketing yeah. and stuff like that. But of for course, sure. we have to pay for it. And so yeah. I've kind of got it on standby and until we're at a place where we can
1: yeah.
2: take that on Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, for sure, and I think that you know you, and even mm-hmm. when it comes to any sort of system that is essentially helping you with lead generation, helping you generate leads, yeah. um, you right. you want to make sure it's not lackluster. You want to make sure that it is worth your time and your money. And same thing, ROI on that makes sense because what I've noticed a lot and this is just something I'm throwing at you guys as being new in the industry is, you know, uh, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things out there that are really good at lead generation, like getting people to the door, like, Hey, I'm interested, but it's almost like, what do those processes look like after, you know, you have people out the door, but um, lead nurture, for example, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of times, I notice that's really lacked in the business, in the sense of okay, we had people that were interested. Maybe they no showed their consultation. Maybe they ghosted us. And we never heard from again from them again. Right. What is our process to get them back? Like, what is our process to email them, text them, call them to get them back again? That's huge. And a lot of people miss out on the leads they could, or I guess the new members they could get from that. Um, so you know, a lot of those lead generation systems I've noticed in the industry miss out on some of those lead nurture. You know, what does your sales process look like once someone is to you? Because this is funny. And I, and I notice this a lot is in, in the beginning stages of a business, a lot of times business owners think that they're really, really good at sales because all they've ever known is word of mouth. I and mean, think about it, you know what I mean? If you think about it, um, your, your members are going out and they're doing the selling for you because they love you guys. They're so passionate about the facility. Yeah. They're ultimately doing the selling for you. So by the time the new person comes to the, to the facility, you're just signing them up. Like they are ready to go. They, they want to be a part of this. So, yeah. you know, honing in on your sales process, when someone comes in and maybe you're not fully sold on what you do, that's a real life thing, you know? Um, so yeah, the, all of that has to make sense. And, and, you know, I totally get where you guys are like, I'm going to,
3: hold off a little
1: bit, make sure that, you know, it it makes sense for where we are right now in the business. So that makes sense.
3: We have gotten um, a couple of members. Actually, we just had a couple come in and I'm like, so how did you hear about us? And they're like, Instagram. And I'm like, oh, I'm doing something right. Like, 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 um, Mm -hmm. And it's, and it is, it's hard. Like, it is so hard when I am not a tech savvy person. Um, I actually, like, I could stay away from the computer and the phone and all of that like I would rather um I'm a people person I'd rather be like in your face than having like on your phone um right. but like you were saying like the leads and things like that so our system doesn't um, doesn't continue to push out to those leads um that we the system that we have right now so that's part that's on us um so actually last the week up, the
2: upgrade would do that
3: yes the upgraded version of what we have, we'll do that, but we, we haven't got that far yet. So, um, actually last week when you had contacted me, um, I was actually in the middle of emailing everybody that has been a lead. Um, you know, Robert sends out uh, mass emails all the time. Um, And then, so I decided last week that I was going to go ahead and personally text everyone that was a lead. Um, Hey, how's your fitness school for the new year going? Um, how can we help you? Do you want to come in and try out a class? Um, we do offer one free class um, trial to come on in, um, try us out. If you like us, awesome. Um, yeah. If not, let's talk about what like talk about what it is that you didn't like or mm-hmm. how can we help you? Because we have different um, programs. We're not just CrossFit. We do HIT classes. We do rowing classes. We have a community class on Saturdays awesome. to free, to the, mm-hmm. free to the public. So, um, so yeah, we we do offer different things than just CrossFit because right. um, I was not into CrossFit when I first started. Um, mm-hmm. I was I loved our rowing class that our that our CrossFit gym offered and so that's what kind of pulled me in and I watched them and I'm like oh my gosh I could do all of that and yeah so it it was just it was just really cool to yeah and I think it's it's pretty cool that you were you know
1: <laughs> sitting down and you know texting some of those leads because yeah. that's something like I said it gets missed a lot and then what what what's going to happen in the future is of course you guys are going to grow that's the goal is there's going to be a time where it's going to feel almost impossible to do that. You know what I mean? Where you're like, I, I, the leads are coming in and I don't have time to text them all. Um, and like, it's just you're trading time for dollars at that point. And then that's where it's really useful, you know, to have the system that you guys have on standby or whatever it may be that can send out automated reminders or like, Hey, we'd love to have you back. And it sounds like you guys, right? Like you formulate it to, it's like, this is what Chris and Robert would say. Um, right. But you're going to be growing and you're going to be like, Whoa, like I, my fingers can't move this fast. I can't text this fast. You know
2: what I mean? So if, if all yeah. our leads right now would sign up, we'd hit our goal. I mean, yeah, <laughs> we we have yeah. a long list of leads and we, and I keep sending emails out and stuff like that. Informational emails, not just, Hey, when do you want to come in emails? But, right. but I send out fitness information emails to my leads, I yeah. send out nutritional guidance to my leads, mm-hmm. you know, One, I'm educating, but two, maybe it'll spark them to want to come in and ask more questions. Hey, what did that email mean? Or this and that. But uh, we have several members that have came in and joined because we kept our lead emails consistent.
1: Yes, exactly. We're
2: already thinking about it, but every time an email come through, it made them think about it more. more. We should really Mm -hmm. go try this place out. They come in, they love it, and they stay. Yeah. We just got to get them from the door
1: yes exactly and that's that's one of the biggest struggles that you'll probably hear most gym owners say is it's it's not the val like it's not a lack of value we provide it's not retention we're fulfilling our our members it's like we just need people to the door to show them how cool the place is and that's the number one thing is that you would any bottleneck if you ask the gym owners nine times out of ten going to be lead generation and and getting more people to the door um Yeah. So let's, let's touch on this. Um, right now, what do you know you guys, and I like to ask everybody this is what do you guys feel like is a bottleneck that you're currently experiencing or you feel like may slow you down in the future? Like it may slow down the growth that you guys want to have.
2: Retention. <laughs>
1: retention. So
2: we are I learning. Like we are learning about retention now. I mean, okay. of course, as new business owners, you know, we, uh notice we've been focused on getting people in the door, getting that revenue going, and all yeah. of that. And then comes that point where now s- someone wants to leave. So we're mm-hmm. trying. So we're having to deal with that. And of course, you know, we're we're not the type, and we will never be the type to basically pull them by the arm and drag them back yeah. in the door and hold them back no yeah you and you
1: shouldn't want to you, should, you know because then it's like if they don't want to be here then you know they'll be replaced and that's just the name of the game is right. one leaves another one comes back um but yeah that's you know retention is huge and that kind of goes into what i was touching on earlier is okay cool like you you have a a a way to generate leads to the door. Great. You know, they're there waving their hands. And then how do we get them back? If they don't answer us, they don't show up for a consultation that they, they don't pull the trigger, you know? And then again, from there, it's like, okay, what does sales process look like? If someone's not sold on us, how, how do we tell them that, Hey, this is the place to be. And then from there, it goes into right now, what you feel like your current bottleneck is, and it goes into fulfillment and retention. So yeah. it's like, What can we do differently to keep them here? Like it's all about that value at the end of the day. And you know, I guess my next question to you guys, since your current bottleneck is retention, is um, what additional services are you offering? You know, I know you said you're doing hit classes, you're doing rowing. Um, Is there any other additional service that you guys are offering to, you know, bring more value to the facility?
2: Yeah. So uh, we. The retention thing is kind of what pushed us to open up more options. Yeah. Yeah. So we are a specialty gym. So when it comes to specialty stuff, you're gonna pay more money. You're you're not gonna pay ten dollars a month for a membership. Exactly. You're gonna pay our prices, not just for a membership. You're paying for a coach. You're paying for workout programming. You're paying for this and that. So that's why it costs more. So. Uh, and our prices are lower than most in the radius for CrossFit gyms. And we wanted to do that because we want the community involvement. We want more people being able to come in and pay yeah. that money. Well, so we started there.
1: Yeah. And I want to give you my two cents on that a little bit, if, if that's uh-huh. okay with you. Uh, okay, go ahead. <laughs> okay. So, and something, this is something I've noticed with with new gym owners and then just being in the industry is, <laughs> That's some one thing I notice a lot is when someone, you know, first opens up a facility, they're like, okay, let's first look at who's around us. What are their price points? How how, how can we beat that? How can we get people to choose us versus them? That's just the name of the game is there's always going to be competition. But one thing I've noticed and and I've heard from a lot of gym owners that have been in the game for a long time is their their one regret is starting out priced too low. And the reason why and I'll tell you why that and I've heard this over and over that 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 kind of solidifies it for me, since I've heard it repeatedly, um, is that people and, and it's it's odd, but it's true is people associate a price with the value. So they think if it's a higher price point, I'm probably going to get a higher value if it's a lower price point. What are they not providing that X, Y and Z are. Yeah. And that's something I've noticed a lot is. You know, it, it it goes back to that value. It goes back to your, your, your value justifies your price points and something else that can happen. Um, and, I, and I've heard this also is there's going to be a point in time where you guys may want to increase prices. You're like, you know what? We're worth more than this. Like we're worth uh, a higher ticket price. Like I know what we provide. We put a ton into this. We're worth more. Uh-huh. Then you're going to have to go through the battle of increasing prices. And people are going to be like, what do you mean? I've paid this for how long? Um, and now you want to increase prices, which, you know, that's the name of the game. Also, you know, the, I, I hear gems all the time. They're like, you know what, we just grandfather people in and then we, we up, you know, or up our prices from there because then, you know, something and I know I'm trying to a lot of you guys, but something that can, that that's beneficial from there is increasing prices. Then you don't have to flood a ton of people in, you know what I mean? If you can make the most of your existing member, whether that's, you know, being able to upsell them into some sort of one-on-one or semi-private, or maybe it's nutrition, add additional nutrition coaching, or maybe it's a hybrid of HIT and CrossFit, whatever way that you're able to upsell them, you can make the most of out of that member rather than flooding new people in. And that, that continues to aid in the culture, the value you bring, the less heavy. And there are the better serve give, and it all goes back to that price point. So that's my two cents there on that is, you know, um, being able to kind of break that limiting belief and, and be like, you know what, we're, we like hit, like we like work. We're like worth more than this type thing. So. um
2: I absolutely but, agree. And, yeah. Uh, and that, I mean, that is kind of why we picked our pricing point. Our, our pricing point is not too low. And right. It's not, but it's not too high either. It, we picked the pricing point we picked because it, it worked for us. Makes sense, we, yep. You know, of course we did our business plan and we thought out ahead. And if we use this pricing point and I actually set my pricing point, my business plan business plan lower.
1: Lower, yeah. So
2: just to see where I would be at if I did it at this pricing point and yeah. that worked. So I was like, okay, good. So let's actually raise it up to this pricing point. Uh-huh. Like you said, right i think we're more worth this exactly let's do this and then you know what if i get a flood and i'm like holy smokes if we get another flood of people we're going to be way out of space how about we raise that pli- pricing point and i feel that could also slow the flood it would Yeah. But as people come in it will i mean i don't know we I'm constantly thinking of stuff like that and-, well, yeah, and
1: you're gonna be especially right now in this new phase it's like it, it's it's gonna be like a like a constant of like this is keeping me up and now you're thinking about this it's gonna <laughs> you know what I mean a constant
2: Absolutely. and
3: that's
1: just you know what I mean that's that's what it's that's what it's gonna be but you you made a very hmm. good point there that okay people are We're going to be flooding in and I'm going to have to keep flooding them in if prices are low because that's how I'm going to break even or profit. Or what if I raise prices or had a way to upsell them? Then I wouldn't have to flood new people in. We could keep the culture tight knit. We have our OGs. We have these, you know, people from word of mouth that our OGs brought in, you know, and it's like a great, perfect, tight-knitted family, and it's half the people profiting what you would be at a lower price point if you kept it you know what I mean if you kept it at the
2: at the same so yeah and you know what we're really yeah. learning we're learning about selling stuff in the gym is actually yeah. a good idea I mean really, like, why would we sell drinks and stuff like this that just feels like there's more cost no no I mean we, I agree. we found all these partners you know got these nice wholesale prices stuff like that Getting stuff in, and people are liking it. They're buying yeah. it. I mean, our our little register we have is filling up with cash. I mean, yeah, you know, so it works. Yeah, there's there's Felling two things I represent. always
1: yeah there there's two things I always tell people when it comes to having those additional things is one your member doesn't really know what they need until you present it to them. So wow. most time in life, you don't really even know you need something until it's like there, and then you're like, oh yeah, I wanted that. And the second thing there is, you know, and this is from experience, is I'm going to, if if my facility doesn't offer something, let's say I'm going to go and get a nutrition coach. I'm going to go pay for supplements at GNC. I'm going to go to Gymshark, Lululemon, wherever it may be, and I'm going to get workout clothes or a t shirt or legging, whatever it may be, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go and I'm going to spend $300, $400 there on the side.
2: Make someone else rich.
1: Make someone else rich. Exactly. And imagine if, you guys offered, you know, which you know, if if you're offering nutrition, if you're offering supplementation, if you're offering the concessions, like you're doing now, the drinks, you know, having things like that. And then it's like a no brainer for them. They're like, well, I don't have to go over here because my gym offers it. So they're going to spend it with you, which is huge. Same thing, adding to the, adding to the existing member, the revenue for your existing member is, is huge. And a lot of people just don't see that so I think it's pretty cool that Robert your 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 wheels are turning already about that so that that's really good I love that
3: I actually I just did a post um Robert had to run up to the store to go get a new uh, mop for me because I broke it um (laughs) so he ran up to the to the store and um I just did a post on our our members page and was like hey y'all just just a reminder that when you guys come in and you buy these drinks um or you take two scoops of protein and you buy that protein um, that money is is being put into an envelope because when we go to the CrossFit games, we plan to purchase more um weights, more equipment, more and all that money's coming with us. So that is so you're not buying this to put money in our pockets, you're buying it to re put into the gym. So just know that this is where your money's going. Like your money it, for these items are going towards that and so that's what this cash box is it, it's for in our venmo and things like that it's not it's not for our pockets it's to put back into the gym exactly and, and I, I love that you touched on that
1: i love that because it's it, it's huge because the the more you're able to become profitable then the more you can put back into the facility which means people want to stay they see that they feel that they feel like they're taken care of and they won't leave you know what i mean and it's, it's um Yeah. So I think that's, that, that was a great post. I think that's great kind of put that into people's heads because if I wasn't in the position that I'm in now and getting to talk to and like knowing the business end of the industry, then I would, I would very much so probably think, Oh, like that's just a way for them to go and have dinner and pay their, you know what I mean? So you making that post is super valuable to, to remind people and shift their perspective into, Hey, this is benefiting you, not me this is going to be benefiting you at a later time in life. So that's huge for sure. Yeah. Cool. Well, something else I want to touch on here as we kind of near the end of our time is tell the listeners a goal that you guys have, even if it sounds off the wall, (laughs) even if it's whatever it may be, I want to know something you guys are chasing as new business owners.
3: Okay. This one's my favorite. This is my favorite part of our, like, I'm such a, I'm, I'm such the like person that looks into the future and I have this plan in my head, um, which Robert can, Robert can put his, uh, his two cents on this, but, and, (laughs) um, so my, so we have a three-year contract, um, here in our building that we're in right now, it is a small building. Um, and I, I feel like we are going to exceed this Real like within a year, like we are going to outgrow this gym. Um, so I want, and we want to buy land here in Midlothian and be able to build, um, a building for ourselves, um, with a locker room, showers, um, bigger and better, and be able to have an area for, um, kids classes, fundamental classes, um, our regular CrossFit classes hit. We want it, we want it big enough to be able to hold different areas of what we do here. Um, Right. so that's that's my 3 year plan. I I'm really I'm really like pumped and I just keep like telling Robert like it's okay honey we we got this like <laughs> just remember in 3 years we're going to we're going to outgrow this facility and be able to yeah. buy and ex- exceed our expectations on what we had planned with in the first place and um yeah. you know we would always love to be able to start off big and and new and with the showers and the locker room and everything but that wasn't in the cards for us. So we started where we are. And, um, you know, like you said earlier, like our hearts are really in this. Um, we, we really are doing it. Yes. For our future, for our lifestyle, we have four kids. Um, he works full time. Um, so my biggest goal is, um, to eventually get him out of law enforcement and, and make this his full time. Um, because his passion has always been law enforcement. Um, And just things are just not the same as they used to be. And so, um, so yeah, so I want him to feel like he can go to work and be safe every day and he gets to come home to us. Um, So that is, that's my, my goal is to get him out of work and um, get him out of law enforcement, home with us every day, um, not be in that lifestyle and, um, and just continue Mm -hmm. to grow and help people.
2: Yeah. And on top of that, I would love to walk to the gym. So if we have a yes. big enough spot where we can build a house in the back, that'd be great. <laughs> yeah,
1: that and that be I, I love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, guys, I love that. And I think that's very realistic goals, even if it seems kind of like, it seems like a lot right now. I see people do it every day and I have total faith that you guys are gonna do it as well, which is really exciting. Um, you know, you turned your five-year goal into a four months later. So you think about it. It, it, anything's possible, it may seem really crazy, but I have no doubt with the passion you guys have and how eager you are to learn that you're going to get there. So yeah, guys, I, what I want you to do is tell the listeners where they can find you on social media, that way they can give you a follow, check you out. Um, yeah,
2: absolutely. Uh, Facebook, sample CrossFit Midlothian, Instagram CrossFit Midlothian. Uh, we got our website, CrossFitMidlothian.com. Mm-hmm. Find us on Google. Uh, it's pretty. It's really that simple. Okay. Uh, and as well, if you don't mind me giving a tip to the listeners out there, go ahead. Well, Absolutely. Uh, it, anyone who's thinking about starting a gym, or they already have a gym, or anything like that, the, my biggest learning point throughout this whole process is community. Uh, Absolutely. Really find a way to make your members or athletes feel valuable. Uh, mm-hmm. Because if they feel valuable, they're going to want to return every day. They're going to be excited to return. Even if you're a, uh, we like to call them global gems. Those gems exactly. are great. A lot of things that they lack on is accountability. Have some kind of system to hold the members accountable. Reach out to them when they haven't checked in three or four days. You know, just check on them. Make yep. them feel valuable. That's yeah. That's what I got. Yes.
1: I totally agree with you guys. i'm I'm all for that, and I'm always a huge advocate. And no matter the size of the facility, you know having a diagnostic approach towards your clients, what do they want out of this? What's their goals? Where do they want to go? where what's their five year plan? Like feeling like you know everyone's name, you know or the best you possibly can, making everyone yes. feel at home. Um, that's huge. So I'm glad that you guys are very aware of that in these beginning stages, even with things that can feel overwhelming at times. That's still your focus because at the end of the day, the, having a gym is a people business. And if you, you don't have that, then you don't really have a business. So, um, you know, thank you for well sharing your social media and joining us today. I definitely, um, in any value that you guys brought today, I thought it was great. So I just want to thank you guys again. It is, um, Chris and Robert Gill out of in Texas with CrossFit Lothian. Thank you guys for joining me today. Oh,
3: thank, you, thank for, you so much for having us. And and we're definitely going to have to keep in touch so that we, we can uh, tell you how things are doing here. Yes,
1: absolutely. I will make sure I'll definitely stay in touch with you guys. I'm excited for awesome. you guys. Awesome. awesome, awesome. And Jim lords, I hope you guys gained some value from today's episode. If you liked what you heard today, you can like and subscribe on all of our listening platforms. If you want to take it a step further from there and be our next guest, please, please, please. Fill out the application form below. We would love to have you. Again, guys, it is Chris and Robert Gill out of Midlothian, Texas with CrossFit Midlothian. And Gym Lords, we will catch you on the flip side. Gym Lords out.
0: Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer and make more money,
4: Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk real business with real gym owners. I'm your host, Katie, and today I'm here with Rick Damon, owner of Damon's Strength Training in Beaver, Pennsylvania. How's it going,
5: Rick? It's going great. Good day today.
4: Awesome. Exactly. I love to hear that. Thank you so much for being here with us today. I'm super excited to chat about Damon's Strength Training, so let's hop right into it. Tell us a little bit about the gym and what kind of services do you guys offer?
5: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, like like you mentioned, we own a a facility just a little bit outside of Pittsburgh called Damon Strength Training. We've been in business since 2009, uh, November 30th, 2009. Uh, We first opened up in a small 700 foot garage gym um, and, um, you know, we were there for about five years and then Mm -hmm. we made a jump to in 2015. So five and a half years, 2015 to where we're currently at now to um, a bigger location, 7,000 square feet. Um, and then from that point on, you know, we, we went from just kind of working with kids to boot camp with women and all women's program that we still run that my wife predominantly runs in the mornings, um, you know, and our just group classes, our adult classes that could range anywhere from sometimes five to 15 to 20 people class. It just depends. Um, And then we train our athletes daily through uh, Monday through Thursday, as well as Saturday. And we start age 12 and up. We used to work with uh, we used to have a specific program for 10 to 12 year olds. But um, over the past four years, we kind of got away with that because we have sports teams that train with us. And that was a big goal that we had set from 2009. Um, So we have multiple uh, football teams that can bring in 50, 60 kids You're training them two times a day, you know, two different groups, uh, basketball teams, cheerleading squads. So when you get an influx of, you know, kids that are 15, 16, you know, we just we stopped doing the 10 to 12. I didn't want to I didn't want to not deliver something really good for them. So I just kind of weaned the program out a little bit. I even hate to say that. Um, But you just from a managing standpoint, you want to make sure that you're managing everything. Uh, to the best of your ability and you don't want somebody you don't want to waste their time I'm a parent I don't want some people you know wasting my time with my kids you know you're a parent so you get it you want the best so if we can't de- provide that then maybe somebody else can at that time um, and then really you know from there we just have our adult classes as well um, but overall you know that's the that's the scheme of our you know of our business on a daily basis all right. Yeah, awesome.
4: I love that. I love that you, you know, just kind of kind of recognize where you want your focus to be. I don't think there's any, yeah, harm in that. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, all right, cool. So, I'm excited to dig into what you guys are doing now a little bit more, but first, give yeah. us a background on how Damon's strength training came to be and yeah. how did you know it was the right time to go into business for yourself?
5: Yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, everybody has their you know, their own unique story or somebody may just get get interested in fitness later in life. Well, this is something that, you know, as far as training and fitness, like I picked my first bodybuilding magazine up at, I don't know, 10. I was just like, oh my God, what are these dudes? You know, I remember buying, you know, ordering VHS tapes and getting it sent to my house to learn how to train. Um, You know, and I finally uh, was old enough to go to the gym where I grew up in Rochester, which is the other side of the river from Beaver. Um, There was a gym downtown. It was an old school, um, like warehouse gym, you know, loud music, big dudes training. And, um, you know, I went down there every day. Like I would wake up for school and my dad would leave me a dollar 25 for lunch and then three, one. So I paid a daily attendance to go to that gym. I would pay, you know, and I, I didn't care about the lunch money. I just want to train. I couldn't <laughs> care. I would eat somewhere else. But, and, you know, I just kind of had a, a love for it and I, and I vividly remember to this day, me standing in that gym and just saying, This is what I'm going to do one day. Like, I, I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I remember standing there looking straight down at the gym and thinking, This is exactly what I want to do. Cause I just felt like that's what I, where I love to be. You know, I could spend all day in there. Um, and then, you know, I went through college, I went to high school, you know, finished high school, college. After college, I came back and I started coaching high school football at Rochester. Uh, where I graduated, and I started running the weight room program there. So I kind of fell into, and that's something that I had planned on doing, you know. And I was running that multiple groups. And I was traveling to other gyms, other states, learning, and and then I just realized I'm like, oh, wait a minute, I, I'm, do, I'm doing this now. Like I I was I was also at the end of the every evening, I would tell the janitor at the high school, don't put the alarm on yet. He'd be like, well, why? I'm like. Cause I would get kids from all over the County and I would sneak them in school. And at the time it was, you weren't really supposed to do that, but I didn't care. So, <laughs> you know, it's the ask for forgiveness, not permission in part that. you right. buy. And then I would call him on the phone and I would say, Hey, we're done. You can set the alarm now, but I would bring kids all over the County. It's kind of how I started growing a little bit. And then, you know, just one day I was like, you know what? I, I just, I need to find a place that I can open my own gym. And um, the gym that I looked at, well, the garage, it was an old garage. Right. two stall garage um it was around the corner of a town called manaca uh a ton of traffic it was perfect it was i paid 700 a month I, it was the first place i looked at i didn't care if i put the gym i didn't care where it was at you know
2: mm-hmm. and i
5: looked at this this place and i was like oh, this will work this is fine this is exactly what i need i just need an opening and a place to train right. kids." and that's that's how it started and uh, so that was a two thousand and nine. <laughs> wow!
4: Very cool. That's awesome that you're just so into it from such a yep. young age.
1: Yeah.
4: Awesome. Awesome. Um. All right. Cool. So you know, I do have be- my
5: kids swinging kettlebells already too. So.
4: Oh, yeah. I like that. Yep.
5: <laughs> got to. Got to.
4: <laughs> right. Exactly. I remember one day. I think my daughter was like four, and uh-huh. I saw her pick up a PVC pipe and do a power clean. Yeah. And I was like oh oh that's yeah, amazing they, see they, it, <laughs> it.
5: they want to do it man you know yeah it's great right.
4: exactly awesome. She's a, she still loves burpees too
5: <laughs> <laughs> yeah because they're so good at them they can do them for like five minutes straight if you said try it they'd be right
4: exactly it. they're so small they don't have very far to go <laughs> <laughs> yeah awesome um all right cool so you know obviously you know that's kind of how you got your start you got into this business help kids primarily with their athletic training so you know you started in 2009 moved to a bigger facility in 2015 everything's going along and then this pandemic thing happens right (laughs)
5: Yeah, a good old pandemic. Yeah,
4: right, right. Exactly. You know, pretty much everybody got punched in the face on that one and statistically about a third of gyms closed entirely. Um, so I think what I and our listeners want to know is how exactly did the pandemic affect your business and what did you guys do to stay afloat during that time?
5: Well, obviously it was, you know, probably the scariest day of my life because I'm like, what? You know, and and I, you know, I look back on that day when they, you know, they had shut down and gyms, restaurants, all this, you're saying close your doors. And I'm like, how, how am I going to pay for anything? You know what I mean? And I, you know, we had to act like extremely fast, like right off the bat. I mean, as yeah. soon as they did that, I called my wife, I went, send an email out, let everybody know that the gym is not closed until, you know, two weeks, whatever, you know, and I'm like, Oh boy, you know, and you it, it just so, so much up in the air. And, And, um, so we, we immediately that day put together a zoom schedule of live workouts that we were going to do at the gym. You know, my wife did one at six in the morning. My other coach did one at three o'clock for athletes. And I did one at 6 PM for adults. And we did that for three months. But along with that, um, we let everybody come in the gym and take all the (laughs) equipment. So during this time, I had no equipment in the gym. Like I, I kept, I needed to keep a few things because I was recording workouts and, and stuff but as far as I mean the gym was empty my dumbbells were gone my barbells were gone and and I just let people take everything just to keep them keep them keep them going right so um, but the number one thing that we did was uh, we we finally created the remote training programs that we're currently running today Um, so you know even though that was a tough time it, it opened up the door for me to you know instead of sitting around for three months and whining Um, I was like, well, I'm going to make this happen. I started a second, you know, I kind of see it as like a second business because Mm -hmm. 95% of the people that do remote training have never trained with us before. You know, we have people from South Carolina, Florida, Tennessee, um, Boston, multiple people in Boston, Mm -hmm. all over Beaver County area and Pittsburgh. And they've never been able to train with us. They maybe even never heard of us. But the program works for them. Um, so that day, my wife bought a camera on Amazon. Soon as I got it, I just started filming. I was filming all day, editing, uploading to the YouTube channel, and I was creating content, creating, uh, working backwards, creating programming. Um, I sputtered a little bit trying to get programs out because I kind of I figured, what does everybody have in their house? And the majority of people that have anything in their house usually have a dumbbell or dumbbells, right? A lot of people have dumbbells. Yeah. Oh yeah. Old treadmill. So I started creating programs based off of like dumbbell and body weight, right? Um, And it just didn't feel like I could. It was enough, you know. I was like, this doesn't bring enough value. And I was reading. Let me grab it. I was reading. I had this old bodybuilding magazine, right? This was given to me by a friend who collects like antique stuff, like baseball. Uh And this magazine's from 1953 or something. Wow. (laughs) Joe Eater, right? So I was reading it one day, and this is like me trying to figure out how we're going to continue to do this remote training. How am I going to make this work? Because when I get an idea in my head, like there's no, like I can't give up on it. Like mm. there's, it has to happen. I'm going to find a way to make this happen. And what what, what they used to do in this, these magazines was they would send you nutritional content Mm-hmm. they would send you workouts and he would ship you equipment like a barbell with like 300 pounds and then all the workouts and i was like oh my god like it's 2022 like 2020 at the time right and i'm like light bulb went off and i was like i called a friend of mine i was like hey i got an idea i 100 percent know it's gonna work i'll create the content i just need a spot i was like i just need some money up front I'd rather go through someone I know versus a bank. Right. Right. So I got some money up front and I just needed money for the inventory. So basically what I do is I created a program that revolves around a certain amount of equipment. It's a a sandbag, uh, four kettlebells, 225s, 220s, a set of wooden rings for rowing, you know, rowing, pulling work, um, three different strength bands and a jump rope. And all that equipment was, is a kit that I that I give to you yes. or I ship out and um in order for somebody to truly get something out of it if they can't get to the gym and get coached we developed so we developed this and they come in they do an assessment um i can make specific changes to whatever they need and then they leave with the equipment they have the equipment they have us as coaches on the back end and they have structured workouts that fit exactly to what they need and we use the software called true coach which i'm sure you're familiar with it's very popular software people like it um and i started doing that i started doing the kits um right right around september 2020 yeah wow. september 2020 and worse i have currently around 60 60 clients right now so, but I've probably, I've probably sold around 80 total kits. Mm-hmm. Wow. And, that's cool. That's yeah. Yeah. And it's something that, you know, I'm on the phone every day talking to people and they're signing up and it's, it's, it's got people amazing results. My first client from uh, South Carolina, he lost a hundred pounds in, in, wow. in a year. Yeah. That's, so it's been great. It's, it's been, a, so that's what we did when they told us, close your, close your doors.
4: Right. Awesome. Perfect. Well, that's kind of a good segue into the next thing that I was going to ask you about, and that is, you know, what types of things you guys are doing as far as marketing to get people either in the facility or on your online program.
5: Sure. So, I mean, we we do a Facebook ad for <clears throat> to try to get a little bit of reach within distance with the Facebook, mm-hmm. um, you know, with Facebook marketing and for the for the for the, for the remote program. And as far as like the athletes um, and the adults, most of the time we get our clients from referrals. Yeah. Um, I do have our, you know, our Instagram posts. We have our, sometimes we run like specials, contests, things like that. But the majority of our clients come through uh, referrals. You know, if somebody signs up with us, um, you know, if an athlete signs up with us, we get, the athlete gets a handwritten postcard. We've been doing that since day mm-hmm. one. Uh, and then the parents get a thank you uh, with an, in an envelope. And then we just, you know, we tell the parents, thanks, you know, we handwrite hand write something in there, always handwrite. And then we always send them to like little business cards that, that they can pass out to give to an interested, um, mm-hmm. you know, friend that, that they want to get their son or daughter an assessment. And that's how, kind of how our referrals come in on both ends from athletes as well as adults. So typically mm-hmm. it's, it's a lot of, a lot of, lot of uh, referrals.
4: Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. I like, I like the business card idea and little yeah. handwritten note. I feel like I you don't see to. that too oh, often anymore. To.
3: Yeah,
5: so. you have to. Okay,
4: cool. All right. Awesome. Um, All right. So then walk us through your sales process a little bit. You know, what happens from the time when someone says like, Hey, I'm potentially interested in joining the facility up until you actually get them signed up.
5: Yeah, absolutely. So I'll just kind of give you a process of like, you know, if I get a, uh, an inquiry on my website, I get the notification, I, call, I text that person immediately, no matter what, you know, um, I text them immediately and just kind of say, hey, this is Rick Damon from Damon Strength Training. Are you free to talk at? It depends on what day or what time of day I get their, their inquiry. If it's at night, I always ask to talk with them, usually the next day around nine or 930, but it gets on the schedule, right? And I just connect with them. Or if it's different part of the day where I can talk right away, I'll say, you're free to talk now. Yeah. It's usually one of the two. Um, and then basically from there, I just get in a general conversation of what they're looking for. So if a mom calls and says, you know, my son's 12, um, you know, he really loves baseball. Uh, he's getting to that age where kids are getting competitive. He's lacking confidence and he's lacking some strength development. And, you know, we, you know, and then I'll say, where did you hear? How did you hear about the facility? And, you know, they may say Google, or they may say, well, I got a referral card. And then from there, I just say, okay, here's what we do. And I just break down the process that we're going to bring your son in, um, we're going to take him through a whole hour training session. Um, he'll be with one coach. And then at the end of the session, you know, and I tell the parents that I want them to stay for that session. After that, they don't stay, they leave. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, um, but um, and it's just to keep the gym at a, you know, without kids and parents, you know, it's a, right. it be a weird mix. And then and then after the session, I just, we, we bring the uh, parent over and we just go over the program. Um, and what we kind of do is, We, you know, we break down, we have three phases that we take kids through and and the beginning is the first phase is just basically simple, you know, simple movements, just how to stand learning our cues, all that we just kind of break that down to the parent. And we just kind of talk to them about what we are not and what we are, what we aren't is a gym that's going to do heavy weights we're not a gym that's pushing um you know the the maxing out we're a gym that's working to get them confident from day one we don't want to mess with their confidence we want to get them confident they're young they're 12 um and and just bring that confidence up so we go over the process um we go over phase one phase two phase three um and then we break down the uh the schedule and then we break down um the membership options and we just give let them know that these are six six months or 12 months um And then from there, they just make the decision on, you know, what they want to do best. Usually, you know, we'll recommend if it's a 12 year old and he's got other activities, I'm like, you just need two hours a week. You know, it's just two hours a week. Get them acclimated. Let them fall in love with training. Don't put them in here four days a week. You're wasting your time. You're wasting their mental energy. Let them want, let them fall in love with training and let them want to come here, you know, and, um. And then basically from that point on, you know, when an athlete progresses from phase one to phase two, Mm -hmm. um, the parents get a direct email and it's a video of me breaking down what phase two is going to be, what workout one is what workout two is. And it just lets the parents know that the child has moved on and that they've gone from phase one to phase two. And it lets them know what they're currently doing when they go to phase two to phase three. Um, same thing. They get another, uh, Uh, individual email the parents and it lets them know in a video me talking about what phase three consists of and then when they move from phase three to the boards then they're they're always getting emails when that child when their athlete progresses and we Mm -hmm. just try to keep the uh, parents updated as much as we possibly can
4: yeah that's that's awesome that you're so you know organized about it i'm trying yeah (laughs) (laughs) very cool um All right. Awesome. So tell us a little bit. I know you kind of mentioned it a little bit, what your different membership options are, but walk us through what your different membership options look like and how you guys kind of decided on that structure.
5: Uh, You're talking from like athlete to adult or what do you mean? Like from price point?
4: Yeah, yeah. Like, what are your different offerings? I know it's probably going to be a little different for the athletes versus, you know, yeah. just like a, a monthly yeah. membership yeah. for adults. But um Absolutely. yeah, if you could just walk us through your. offer.
5: when an adult signs up, we do we just let them do a six week program. I just like, uh, you know, a lot of times you're told, well, lock them in for twelve months. Well, they don't want to be in for twelve months. They don't might not be in, want to be in for a month. So why why would you want to lock somebody in for twelve months? You know, and I know sometimes people think it from a financial standpoint, but don't you want people in your gym that want to be there too, you know what I mean, and not feel like I'm, I have to be locked in for this. So we do just a six-week program, and it just lets them go through the process of being around the coaches, being around mm-hmm. the members, coming at different times. Um, and we just do it. It's 197 totals. It's very similar to what a lot of other gyms do, <laughs> 32 or 33 bucks a week. And at the end of the six weeks, you know, do, well, during the six-week process, you know, we have a follow-up. One of our, we have an adult intake process, you know, there's a two week follow up, there's a four week meeting. And then there's usually at the end of six weeks, they know if they're going to want to continue. Right. And based off of, you know, continuing, they're going to either sign up for six months or 12 months. They may sign up for two days a week and we try to guide them. If you can only get here two days, just do two. If you want to do three, but can't get here two, don't do three. Don't don't pay for (laughs) it. You can't, you know, because we just want them to be happy in the gym and, and want to come there um and it's going to usually range from 167 to 197 a month you know we don't try to get too high um obviously it's better for someone to sign up for 12 months if they're really dedicated but we also let people start it like a six-month program and then I tell them I say if you're like two or three months in and you're loving it and you want to move to the the 12 month, you can move to that. You don't have to complete the six month at the higher rate. You can just move to the 12 month rate and just progress to it. And they usually do. So they might go from 197 to 167. And you know, I think one of the biggest things in business is like making sure people understand that they can trust you, that they're that you can that they can trust you're going to tell them all the right things, right, and guide them. You know, uh, as far as our athletes, um, you know, we have two days a week. We have three days a week. And plus we have, you know, we have our, our strength and our speed classes. So, you know, a combination of strength and speed. So our speed program is run by a good friend of mine. He owns a game. uh, It's called game speed. And he's been working with, you know, we've been working together far before 2009. (laughs) Um, And he runs his program um, inside, you know, Damon's. Um, So when, when kids sign up for the speed program, he makes full profit of, of the game speed it's just we've always had a really good working relationship so if an athlete signs up for speed and strength they're going to pay anywhere uh, from 227 a month to 277 a month if an athlete does you know just strength it could be 187 or 227 a month depends if they do or two or three days a week but they also have the flexibility to go from three days to two to an in season within that six or twelve months they're never stuck or locked in at One thing for six months, even if they can't get there, we want to make sure that they're having a good experience and that they enjoy the gym and we want to, you know, do what's right by them.
4: Yeah, very cool. All right. Awesome. So, you know, we kind of we know how you're getting people in the doors, how you're signing them up, how you're kind of executing your classes. But let's touch on, um, you know, what, if anything else you may be doing to kind of add more value for your clients. Um, I know, obviously, you do have the online coaching going, but do you also have any additional services, you know, as far as nutrition, counseling, supplement sales, apparel sales, things like that?
5: Yeah, we just started uh, Prestige Labs in January. Yeah, Uh, that's going well. Um, You know, it's a slow, it's slow. I don't, I don't like, again, like I I want people to, you know, a lot of people were calling about the meals and, and, um, you know, I just try to follow my gut with, with guiding people, you know, you want, you want them to test, test the waters first, you know, to make sure that it, you know, the meals are going to work for them and, um, and then, you know, and then if it works, then you encourage them to continue it, you know, like buy eight. If you like it and it works and you ate them and you ate them for lunch and you're excited, then get on a weekly. Then then maybe buy 24. Like, and if you need help, call me, I'll call you. Um, and as far as the supplements, you know, we you know, we just we kind of execute just like the 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 protein blends with the athletes. If the parents ask, I I talk to them about it. Um And then, you know, something that we do every month in the gym is we do, we do a raffle. Um, You know, it might be a $150 Amazon card. It might be a whole complete kitchen set or like my wife does it. I don't know.
4: Yeah. But
5: I (laughs) I might give away a, a sand, a brand new sandbag and two brand new kettlebells. Like, but it's, you know, we, we raffle off a lot of stuff. We do it every month. It's just kind of a way to give back to them. And then every May, we have member appreciation month where we do, we've been doing it forever. We do a lot. We we get a DJ twice in that month. Yeah. We do a DJ. Um, we cook breakfast on a Saturday morning um, for all the members while they're training. Um, and then we have, uh, we get some big raffles. We usually get like five or six raffles. We send them to like the nicest restaurant in Pittsburgh in the skyline, we send them, you know, we, we just do, we do all kinds of stuff for them. And, you know, we try, we, we give away grills, all, all kinds of stuff. Awesome. But it's, yeah. It's just a way that like, you just let people know, like, Hey, you know, we appreciate you, you know, like you can't do something every month all the time for everybody. Cause you still have your family and things, right. you know, that you still got to be able to run your business. But, um, you know, that's something that we've always done. It's literally my favorite month because I feel great giving we, we feel yeah. great giving back to, the, to, the, to everyone.
4: So Yeah, that sounds super fun. I've never heard of anyone doing that before. Very yes. cool. Yeah, thank you. All right. Awesome. So we talked, you know, a little bit about how you guys got started, a bunch about what you're doing now. Let's shift our focus to the future now. What's, yeah. what's next for Damon's strength training? You know, do you guys have any goals that you're working on over the next year or two? Plans, projects, things like that.
5: Uh, You know, I want to continue to focus on the remote programs, um, get more of a reach. Um, I've been able to have my staff at the facility. They've been working on the back end with the remote programs and learning how to work with the clients, uh, connect with them, make adjustments. I really like to get that. uh, I really like to continue to have the remote training program grow and develop. Uh, I just think it's endless on what you can do for people, um, especially if they know that you've been able to deliver good results you know um you know we've been able to not only develop kits and drop you know deliver mail and ship kits but we've been able to develop programs for people in harrisburg you know that go to a local gym and they're kind of losing stride you know they found us through a mutual friend and we've been able to develop you know structured for that structured programs for them I just think it's endless with the remote training program. I really do. I'm going to continue to push that. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I mentioned too, is I am definitely want to get into the business coaching aspect of, um, of this because it's not, it's not easy running a business. It's not easy right. by any imagination. Um, but it's the, if you really want to find out what kind of person you are, open a business. Mm-hmm. Like you will find out what you're made of like every <laughs> single day. You know, you will find how gutsy you are. You will find how tough you are mentally. Uh, you will find sometimes that you're mentally not tough at all. But, you know, if you want to grow as a person, like you, if you own a bit, if you run and open a business and run one, you will, you will grow big mm-hmm. time as a person. Yeah,
4: very cool. Yeah, I like that you said that because so many gym owners, you know, are really just trainers by heart and then find they have to just sort of stumble their way through the business part of it.
5: Right. Yep. No.
4: All right, cool. Um, well, we are winding down on time here, Rick. So as we're wrapping up, I have one last question for you. And that is, if you could go back all the way to 2009, when you first opened the gym and give yourself or our listeners one piece of advice about running your own business, what would that be?
5: Um, I would, well, I would say two things. One is no matter what, get up out of bed every day. Don't, there's, there's no such thing as sleeping in. Like if you ain't up at four 30 or five o'clock and you're not putting in that work to, uh, to make your business go, it's just, it's, it's (laughs) going to, it'll sputter. And uh, I'm not saying don't sleep, get good sleep, (laughs) go to bed, sleep, don't stay up and watch sitcoms till midnight. Like go to bed, you have a business run and you're the only one that can make that business go. But, if mm-hmm. I could go back and change something or not change but maybe talk to myself more it'd be it would be maybe delegate stuff a little bit sooner mm-hmm. you know as a business owner you get you want everything you kind of want to be a part I love being at my gym I love it I can't be there all the time I got three children I got to be a dad too and I have this <laughs> this love hate where I'm like I love to be here but I hate to leave relationship with it and, and to this day like it's so hard for me to not be there. I, I, I'll take my kids to wrestling, gymnastics, pick them up, whatever. But um, but it, it's just times where, like, you just love to be there. It's who you are, you know? Mm-hmm. And then I, as, you, as you realize, like, they don't care if you're there. Yeah. <laughs> they don't <laughs> care. But and I'm not saying, like, they need me. I'm saying I want to be with them. Like, I like that. I'm honored that they're in the gym. I'm honored that they're members. I'm honored that they're on the floor. They come in. We've had members for 12 years that've never left. You know what I mean? So it's like when they're there, it's great, but, but I would probably delegate stuff a little bit sooner and, 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 and work to develop people in a different manner as, is in coaching a more of a role, but that's what you learn as you go through business. So, Mm -hmm. you know, and I didn't know that I've never ran a business before. (laughs) Yeah,
4: exactly. And I, and I hear that from a lot of gym owners as well, that it's, it's tough to let go of that control, but if you really truly want to grow your business, you have to be able to do that. And
5: Our business has grown a lot more since I've been able to do that. I have 215 on, you know, but that's a part of business you learn and it's that's the great thing about it there's opportunities and and you grow through it so
4: yes yes absolutely awesome well it looks like we are unfortunately out of time here um thank you so much for being here with us today Ray. thank you You i appreciate it it. Yeah, yeah awesome so before we go for all of our listeners out there what's your website and where can we find you guys on social
5: media um our website is Damon strength. That's D a M a N strength at, um, dot com. We're actually getting it completely rebranded. Um, it'll be, you know, if you look at it, it might be different next week. So he's, my, my <laughs> yeah. friend uh, is, is, is completely uh, finishing that. And then, um, on Instagram at Damon strength and, um, Facebook, Damon strength training, easy to find Or Rick Damon, easy to find. We're there. All right? Bro.
4: perfect thank you Um, and to all of our listeners out there thank you for spending some time with us today as well we hope you found some value in my conversation with rick here if you'd like to hear more be sure to click the subscribe button and if you'd like to be featured on the podcast click the link in the description fill out the form and a member of the team will be in touch as soon as possible this has been another episode of the gym lords podcast we'll see you on the other side gym lords out
0: Now stick around for the rest of this episode.
4: Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders.
6: Welcome to the Gym Lords podcast. We talk fitness business to gym owners who are in the trenches, doing work, changing lives in their area. I'm your host, Dominic. Today I'm here with my guest, owner of or owner partner of Anytime Fitness in Winter Haven, Florida. Brian, how are you doing today? Good. How are you? I am doing great. Kind of flubbed the intro a little there, but want to make sure people know you're, you're a team player. We're, we're part of an ownership team there, but other than that, (laughs) let's rock and roll, man. Let's talk about your specific anytime fitness club down there in winter Haven.
7: What are you all about? Man, we're just uh, about being personable with people and trying to make as many connections as possible and getting people healthy. Um, we, our, our main focus has been 24-hour access for a long time, but we're really trying to, to hammer that connection with people, do personal training, get people results, you know, some small group training, and that's our, that's our main focus.
6: Awesome, man. And we'll get into in a little bit about how that, at a corporate level, has, from what I'm hearing from other owners, is starting to shift with Anytime, from access to training, and how you've embraced it, what the process looks like in your club. But before we get into all that, give us a little bit of background on you. You've uh, been a partner in the ownership group there for a couple of years. You've been in that club working for nine years. Like uh, Anything um, anything else relevant that led up to that before you you know, moved from Georgia to Florida to, to come be part of the Anytime
7: fam? Yeah, I mean, as long as you're okay with a kind of long story, but I'll keep it short. Yeah, go for it, man. That's what we're here for. Um, I actually, uh, so I graduated from Georgia Southern University with a sport management degree. Um, so the the sport fitness realm was kind of where I wanted to be. Um, I was sitting at home after graduating. I had no job, but my mom looks at classifieds. Um, I'm old enough to know what the classifieds are in the newspaper, believe it or not. Well, um, <laughs> and And uh, saw anytime fitness club manager job posting in there, right? Um, I'm like, mom, I don't know if they're going to want to hire me. I mean, I'm fresh out of college. It sounds like a management job. I'm probably more entry level. And she's like, what's the worst that happens, right? Of course, that's what moms say, (laughs) you know? So I, I go ahead and I do it. I go through the interview process. Long story short, I do end up getting hired to work there. Um, I spent, uh, just over a year at that location. Um, I ended up getting fired from that job actually. Um, the truth was like hey that was my first experience in the fitness industry and management and sales and all of those things and the gym just didn't perform the way they expected so I was no longer there right Um, but I fell in love with anytime fitness I just thought it was this incredible experience Um, some corporate sales training was awesome being in that environment Um, so what I ended up doing is just tossing my resume out and emails to all these clubs in Florida and Georgia and I was like hey this is what I want to do fortunately was able to meet my now partners um, and you know went through the interview process with them and nine years ago started working down this way so that's how I ended up getting here Um, two years ago you know, I'm, I'm super grateful, man. I didn't think I'd ever have somebody just, you know, present the opportunity to me after spending time with them. But they knew from the beginning that this is what I wanted to do. I wanted to own my own gym, and uh, you know, the goal is actually to continue to grow, maybe own two or three of them. Uh, but yeah, I'm super grateful to have them because they gave me the opportunity. So here I am today, uh, being able to chat with you and tell you about that story.
6: Awesome, man. I mean, all the best employment stories involve some type of tale of getting fired, whether. Um, you know, whether they lead to the, something in the same industry or something different, but for you, it's, it's really a testament to, you know, your longevity in the anytime brand that, you know, even though, you know, some people might say getting fired is a rough experience, but you're still there. So when you came on in Winterhaven,
7: uh, did you come on as a manager, as a salesperson, as a trainer, like what was your progression? Um, I started as club manager at the first club, and when I came to Winter I the same thing. I was actually the club manager. Um, I started here when the, the gym hadn't even opened yet, so I've been here since before there's paint on the walls. Awesome. So
6: that particular that gives that um, kind of a good time frame back then. So nine years or so ago, uh, when in any time was opening, was there still uh, a pre-sale? Was there any such thing as? I mean, this is
7: pre boom of social media marketing. Oh, you know, absolutely, man. I was out there sweating my butt off in that Florida summer, sitting with a table out in front, just catching everybody that was coming by, letting them know what was happening. Uh, pre sale is huge. Um, from my understanding, um, you know, a, a, an extremely successful pre sale leads to a lot of good longevity in the business. So, um, you know, something I ended up learning from one of my partners. So, yeah, we made sure that that took place.
6: Yeah, for sure. And as far as just to kind of build the picture here for the listeners, what type of area are you in? Is it like, are you a retail strip mall, shopping center? Um, are you a standalone? What type of facility or kind of um, area is, is the location in?
7: So we're on one of the main drags running through Winter Haven in a retail strip plaza. Uh, we're anchored by like a Publix, a TJ Maxx, a Bell's Outlet, that kind of stuff.
6: I mean, what what's going to draw more, pe- more people into a plaza than a Publix, right? Yeah. <laughs> Unless you're giving away free money. I think that that's, that's going to be great for traffic. And it's, uh, you know, I think you probably find most any times in a retail strip plaza, but every once in a while you get one of these like off the beaten path or, you know, some, some weird uh, combination, but. uh, I'm sure being in a plaza like that is beneficial to you. So basically you did, you know, you did the management operation side of things for somewhere around seven years before you had the opportunity to become a partner or you made the opportunity, uh, you know, obviously there's some, some corporate details we might not go into, but what was the overarching change or, you know, event where you said, yeah, this is it. This is my time. I'm going to, you know, I want to be fully invested in this thing.
7: Um, well, the truth is one of my partners, his wife was heavily involved in day-to-day operations with multiple clubs. So we had, a, you know, we worked pretty closely together. Um, and about two and a half years ago, we sat down and had a conversation about, you know, What that time frame looks like, if that's still something I'm interested in doing it, you know, becoming an owner and partnering, Um, and the the answer was uh, yeah. (laughs) So we uh, we went we just started moving that way. I mean, um, even though they knew that I wanted to do that since the beginning, um, but like opportunities don't just like show up on your front doorstep, right? Like you got to go chase some things down and. Um, at one point I was looking into SBA loans, but didn't have the money to do it. And you, know, you got to have down payments and whatnot. So there was a lot of obstacles and hurdles from the previous time that I had tried. Um, but we came to a different type of agreement this time around, um, which kind of worked in my favor. And and uh, just was able to, to take advantage of that opportunity.
6: All right, cool. So you made it work something, you know, whatever you worked out, with the partners to, to get, gain your equity stake in the business. How much did that change things for you? The way that you handle day-to-day operations, the way that your, you know, your role did or didn't change in the business once you became, you know, a vested partner.
7: Uh, I think the first thing that changes is like a renewed sense of just energy. I mean, there's, there's something different about that, that ownership stake that makes you just a little bit more energized. Um, as far as day-to-day operations, I didn't have to change much. I'm still doing the same things that I was doing, um, just with a little bit more uh, incentive, right? Um, you know, there's a few more responsibilities. There's just being the person that's on call for all the little things now. Um, you know you take a trip out of town but someone needs help you you got to take the phone call at times but um, fortunately when you hire good staff you don't have to deal with too many of those um, but as far as operations I mean not much came different I mean some bill pay some payroll and you know a few ads and ends.
6: All right cool so I want to talk about um, what may or may not be the bane of everyone's existence uh, normally in the fitness industry but Especially right now with the state of the job market um, you know this nationwide labor shortage employment crisis whatever you want to call it these days it's it's already quite hard for most facilities to find trainers find good trainers find flexible trainers there's there's all these adjectives we can throw at them um, the fitness industry is is getting hit harder I think um, I think the last estimate I saw was Somewhere around 1.5 million fitness industry jobs were lost um, during the pandemic, through all the closures and shutdowns. And a lot of those people, it seems like, have gone off in you know into other industries, or I don't know, they got uh, abducted by aliens. I'm not sure where all the workforce went. But um, what's that look like for you? And and what are some things that that you've tried or plan to try as far as you know, always, you know, whether you are fully staffed or not, you always have to be on the lookout. You always need to have a good bench. There's always a need for trainers. If you got people, you need trainers. So what does that overall picture look like for you? Um,
7: well, currently we, we have a full-timer and a part-timer. Um, in the past, we've, we've tried to stick to the full-time trainer, you know, full-time hours and full-time pay and all those types of things. Um uh, You know, I know a lot of gyms like to do more of that 1099 style of hiring. We prefer to hire people as staff at our location. Um, But it does prove to be challenging. I think one of the largest obstacles in finding a good trainer is someone who's confident in their ability to sell. I mean, a lot of people that are super excited about training, they want to help people, uh, but don't necessarily have the sales ability. Um, So sometimes I've I've been sitting back contemplating, I know other gyms have tried this where they do more of a uh, sales position, like a lead management trainer type of position and then hire trainers to just train sessions. Like they show up, they train, they go home, right? Um, so there's, you know, all that stuff cycles through my head all the time. So like you said, I mean, there's, it's, it's a scarce market out there to find people, but finding trainers is difficult and finding good trainers is even more difficult. And I mean, to be honest with you, I hopped on Indeed through a job posting up the other day when I looked to go find it on Indeed to see what people were seeing. And we're not even listed on the first page. And I was like, man, everybody's hiring trainers right now. The hospital, the our competitors, just everyone, you know. Um, so it, people are always looking for trainers. It's It's a highly skilled position. I really believe that. It's multifaceted. It's sales. It's human connection. It's customer service. It's being able to count right
6: (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah it's important yeah so i think most of my conversations in this this realm end up revolving around one or two main themes it's you know what are the things you can do to make yourself more attractive to the people are out there and then what are the things you can do to find those people Uh, so it's like you find them they find you something happy you know, uh, hopefully occurs in the middle. It sounds like one of the things that you've done to what I think would make, make you more attractive than most of the people that i talk talked to is hiring people on as employees, right? Trainers by nature, at least earlier on in their career or when they are still trainers, aren't necessarily business people, right? They're not necessarily, uh, refined accounting skills, sales, things like that, to where, um, you know, the thought, the prospect of like, hey, if you, if you make $50 an hour, you make $50 an hour sounds great until somebody says, well, hey, you got to pay taxes on that. And you might need an accountant, and you're not going to have social security. And then it's like, ooh, you know, maybe I'll just go work at Target for $20 an hour or whatever the local Target's paying, because at least I don't have to worry about the IRS. So I think there there clearly are expenses that come with making people an employee, you know, W2 employee whatever it may be, but it also I think in most cases will serve as a selling point that the majority and and I say this from, you know, all the interviews I do, people that we speak to, you know, we're doing you know, I don't know, I I couldn't even put a number on how many gyms we've seen under the hood of. And everybody still really loves the 1099 contractor. So that that kind of gives you a leg up. One of the other things that you said that you're playing around with there is the potential for having trainers who just train, right? I think historically, again, um, when trainers are just trainers, acquisition, you know, marketing themselves, getting out there making sales isn't really the skill set that they got into things for Unfortunately for us as as business owners, if a trainer is good at marketing sales and managing a business, they're probably just going to go start their own business. So they may not be in there, but uh, you've kicked around this idea of having a sales position where you could potentially just feed people clients and let them just train. So what have been some of the pros and cons of that? idea for you I know you're not doing it right now but as you work
7: through that in your head what are what are some of the ups and downs you've seen One of the first things that comes up is uh, the the person doing the sales they love working with the people that they sell the training to right I've seen that with our trainers in the past they have a hard time giving up those clients because they they spend that time they build it, they're building that rapport they're building that connection they're, they're, they're feeling the empathy. Uh, with that person's situation, and then it just makes it a little difficult for them to pass that on sometimes because then now the customer's got to go to a new person, they got to start the report building process all over again. Um, so that can be a challenge. Um, I think the other thing is just, you know, people would prefer to get guaranteed pay full time hours. It's going to be hard to find people that are willing to do part time you know, during the week, if, if they've got a full-time job or if they've got kids at the house or whatever the case may be. Um, so I I don't know. I think the, the biggest problem I'm looking at is am I going to be able to get enough part-time trainers that are willing to be part-time? Does that make sense? Like what what do they want to get to full-time? You know? Yeah.
6: The other side of that too is, um, you know, I, I like to, I don't like to make it seem like everything's all puppies and sunshine here. So like, staffing that sales role it can either be a trainer who can sell who wants to maybe sell more than train or just somebody who is a salesperson or i'm gonna i'm gonna throw this out there and i think you know we can have a good back and forth here you know potentially like is it something that you've ever thought of taking on yourself like doing the sales consults keeping that arm's length and then saying all right Dom, I signed you up. This is going to be it. This is your schedule. I'm going to have you set up with Bob. He's an amazing trainer. And then it's just sort of hands off from there. Is that something that you've tried kicked around, you know, think about when you're, uh, you know, laying awake at night, trying to figure out all the cool stuff you want to do with the facility. What's that? Uh,
7: yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. We have thought about that. Um, there, you know, I did get certified as a trainer and stuff, I've, I've done a little bit. I've, I mean, I haven't been like a full-time trainer. I haven't spent a ton of hours doing it, um, but I feel pretty confident to have good conversations with those people and, and build trust and rapport with them. And, um, it's an idea that's, that's crossed my mind. Um, I don't think it's the ideal situation for me in my shoes at the moment, but it could be the thing that's best for business when the time comes.
6: Yeah. It sounds like with what you have going on, if you started to do that role, then you, then you need somebody to do some number of other things that you then can't do. So it's, it's trying to keep the scales even, right. It's like, you know, how much do I have to pay? How much, you know, upfront, you know, revenue, how much recurring revenue, where can we, you know, kind of Rob Peter to pay Paul as we stair-step it. But I love that just the idea of you're like, well, it is you know you're not closed minded to any particular path it's just a matter of figuring out which one's going to work best for your club at any given you know point in time day as you build this thing up
7: over time yeah it feels to be i think one of the challenges is having too many ideas and then not being able to just pick one and run with it you know that that tends to be a struggle at times because you can you can shoot holes through any of these scenarios right it's a matter of picking one, going with it, trying it out, seeing what happens. But that has its risk involved as well. So you get a little scared about making too significant changes too quickly.
6: Yeah, you need to have a little bit of reassurance that you're not going to rock the boat and have half the people fall out. Yeah. (laughs) So I guess, you know, one more thing on the topic of trainers and expanding, you know, staff to accommodate is, um, you know, I always like to, you know, uh, talk about some of the different options that aren't Indeed or aren't, I don't even, honestly, I don't even know if like Monster.com is still a thing or, you know, career CareerBuilder. I know Indeed basically has eaten up that entire market, but other places um, to find trainers. And so I just want to, there, there's a million of them. I just want to run a few of them by you and get your opinion on them and, and your feedback as an owner. Is that cool? Yeah, sure. So the the one that strikes i think the most people recently as um as an opportunity is like local colleges and universities that have strength and conditioning programs uh, cscs certifications trainers you know young people who just paid well mostly young people paid 60 80 100,000 to go to school to learn how to train people and then go how do I get a job with this? So whether it be through internships, you know, free or unpaid paid internships or hiring fresh people to get out on the floor, uh, relationships with local colleges and universities in some areas is an untapped market. So what's your two cents on that one?
7: Um, I don't personally have a whole lot of feedback on that. Um, it does sound like a really cool opportunity. I know that one of my partners has tried internships in the past and had the best of luck with it. So I haven't really pursued that side of it personally.
6: Got it. Okay. That's totally fine. And you know, it's for for your benefit, for the listeners' benefit to just at least kind of talk through some of these things and see what what stands out. Um, sure. There
7: are I know some, a lot of the certs have their own like databases too, that you can go search in, you know, NASM and Asol do that stuff, but.
6: Yeah. And, and that was going to be, um, that's kind of the next, the next wave that I see is it's kind of a combination where um, either, you know, an owner will have somebody that comes in and says, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm super excited. I want to train people, but they have no experience, no training. So where some trainers are developing, you know, some type of in-house program, uh, some of the certifications even let you become a reseller where you say, cool, you know, you get your ABCD. I don't want to, I don't know the name of any offhand that I want to endorse, but you get your ABCD, which means you pay me, Brian, at any time, a thousand bucks. You get this course and then we foster this relationship where now you're certified I mean, maybe I did or did make a little bit money up front on the training. I get you to look at it our way and now I'm growing staff that way. So uh, it works really well if you have some sort of stream of unqualified or underqualified people coming in. Um, and then the other side of that, in this works a little bit better in the micro gym world than it does in the, in the bigger club. But we do still see some people where they're, observationally picking up on people at peak times in the gym that are helping other people, working with other people, and just going up and having conversations with people like, hey, Brian, like I noticed that you're helping five people every time you're in here. Seems like you have a real knack for it. Um, You know, is this something you'd ever be interested in as a career? And sometimes those conversations can lead to, well, I'd love to, I don't know what it it's involved. I don't know how much money I can make, whatever it is. Is
7: that a path that you've ever gone down or, or could see yourself going now? I mean, I've done that at restaurants when I've been out to eat and had a great server. So yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm not basketball about it. You know, uh, when you, when you meet good people, you just, you just try to connect with them and see what you can do. Right. I mean, absolutely. I mean that from my
6: point of view, I think that that's a great plan, but a lot of people go, Oh, I never thought about that. So, right. um, two other quick ones that I want to hit you with, and, and these are a little more obscure, but um, both both fall into the realm of of the the metaverse, I guess these days, or the the, the Zuckerverse. One is, um, you know, a lot of bigger clubs like yours don't maintain a any type of like community group in the like a Facebook group or a group somewhere online. Is that anything that you do or
7: have done? Not a, not a group specifically. No. I mean, outside of just putting content on our page, we haven't set up a group. No. Conversations come up, but we haven't done it. Yeah.
6: It's kind of a nice captive audience. And I've seen people, you know, just by virtue of having a sign up on their door, Hey, we have a new Facebook group. Stay tuned for announcements, offerings, challenges, surprises. And then at the same time, they have like you know, you have a thousand, two thousand, three thousand people, however many people you have, that are in there, and just like, hey, we're hiring for trainers. Mm -hmm. If you know somebody, send your resume here if you're interested. And now these are all people who at least somewhat have a relationship with you, know what to expect. So there's one, Um, and then the other one is just straight out like, Facebook and Instagram ads for trainers. Uh, Almost nobody you know, in my travels, in my discussions with ever uses the ad platform to just try to generate leads for trainers. And it's, you know, people are scrolling it and it's prime demographic. You set up a lead ad or direct response ad. And the next thing, you know, the people who maybe like people who are on indeed looking for a trainer job. Now you're competing. Like you said, with everybody, it's on page one, two, three. But somebody who is thinking about it or had a certification and then maybe they went, you know, they found a job during the pandemic, but they still have a certification. And they're scrolling like, ah, oh, that's interesting. Like now you're not competing against anybody or you're competing against less people when it's direct response. So those are a couple of things that I've seen working in the industry um, to anybody out there listening. Your mileage may vary, but some people are having some success with all of them. Everything works somewhere. It's just a matter of you got to try, you know, pick, pick which one you want to try and go into it. So hopefully that gets the wheels turning a little bit on, on some of the, uh, the job stuff, at least to the scope of where staffing can intersect with our, our timing on the podcast. Um, Just the last thing that we're going to have time for here, Brian, while we have you today is um, nobody's got a crystal ball, but like, if you could, if you could fast forward, you know, five, 10 years in the future, I think we talked about you at least have some ideas in your head that you might want to have multiple franchises. You know, what's, what's an ideal scenario look like for you? You know, not everybody wants to have a hundred, not everybody wants to have 20. Is it, is there something in your head that you're at least at this point think, you know, might, might look uh, like the ideal
7: number of clubs to be involved in? I think the magic number is three. 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 Yeah. Um, I've watched uh, I've watched my business partners have five or six each, and it it seems to be a little, little too much to manage, but I'm also a little more hands-on. Um, I like to be involved. I like to be in there. Um, don't really see myself sitting at the house, just kind of sitting around, you know, look at some numbers and let it go. I, I need to work. I need to be busy, um, and I think three is probably the magic number when the time comes. Um, so hopefully, you know, in the next uh, maybe year or so, I'll be be working on the the full the full thing here and then after that start rolling into the next one or the next one
6: it's interesting how often I hear either three or four come up as the number I I was talking to somebody maybe a month or so ago and he's like yeah I have three and he's like I'm at one of each locations Monday Wednesday Friday he's like Tuesday and Thursday I float I might might work from home I might pop up I might fill in he's like but I'm you know he's like I I have my managers and they make the schedules and they know to expect me one of those days. Right. And it's kind of an, an interesting thing. And then then we got into the, the fact of, you know, he you know, he's he's also doing that work life balance thing. His wife seems to like him at home sometimes. So I guess that's a good problem to have, too. So, uh, yeah. But he was like, yeah, three works really well at this point. They all work. Enough, but I like to be in there, touch things, see things, see how it goes. And I think he's spread over about a 20 30 minute drive from you know one to the other, that's his furthest drive. And he lives kind of central. I'm like, that doesn't sound too bad. So, you uh, might
7: sound like a pretty concerned. good scenario, though.
6: <laughs> yeah, well, I, I hope you get there sooner or later, sooner than later. Um, any parting words for us? Anything you want to add? Anything that Um, you found has been a good mantra or kind of something that you live by as far as running the businesses on a day-to-day that uh, just makes you, you know, keeps the passion lit, keeps you ready to rock and roll, hop out of bed every day?
7: Yeah, actually, one of the skills that I've learned, uh, short story, take two seconds, I was out to breakfast with my girlfriend and uh, overheard this couple talking to the guy, I guess, who owned that coffee shop, and both of them were talking about how Ownership is a 24-hour job and you're constantly working. And the whole time I'm listening, I'm like, I completely disagree. I mean, you're responsible 24 hours of the day, right? But if you can't disconnect when you leave from work and be at home and be in your relationships and be with your family and take care of your dogs, and take care of your responsibilities, like you need that that separation, you know? I mean, if the phone rings because the, the the building's on fire, I mean, it is what it is right you got to handle it but generally speaking you should be able to cut it when you leave work go home like everybody wants work-life balance but if i cut it off when i leave that means when i can come in tomorrow i can come full throttle again instead of exhausting myself so
6: that that sounds like some pretty sound advice sir and i i hope that uh hope you maintain that balance for a long time uh end up with your your dream three clubs and uh I mean you're already you're in already in the most desirable state in the country. I think you know it sounds like about 4 million people a day move into Florida so you're already in the right place. What's that? Yes, that's what it feels like. I'm sure it does. Okay sir, it is time to to part ways. I appreciate your time. Thanks for being on with us. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, man, I really appreciate you having me. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much. And everyone out there listening, we appreciate you too. We wouldn't be here without you. We hope you enjoyed this episode here in Brian's story. If you want to hear more people like Brian on here, click the subscribe button. We'll notify you when new episodes drop to everyone out there in gym Lords nation, keep working hard, keep changing lives, gym Lords out.
0: Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.